welcome back to another episode of Mac and D. How you doing, James? I'm doing very well. Much much better this week than last week, and much much better than the week before that. Um, it's our team draft today, so I've, I've of course amped. Uh, I'm sure you're excited to maybe get a little redemption here, but I'm wanting to hold the crown. Yeah, we didn't do the best job of keeping track of that throughout the season, but if anybody went back and bothered to calculate that, I did that today, and it was not pretty. We'll get into the details a little later. We're going to start off with with our tight end rankings, but not before we get into some recent news. So right off the bat, Illinois announced their quarterback. Did you see that? I did not see that. Dude, they got that transfer from Ole Miss. We have no more, uh, what was that guy's name? Timmy, Tommy, something Tommy like that. Tommy DeVito. Yeah, Tommy DeVito is in the NFL now. They got to have a new guy. I don't remember what this guy's name is, but like he transferred from Ole Miss. I know that. Luke Altmeyer is his name. How excited are we? Sounds about like we're the, ready to go. How excited are we about some hey, big football? If, if we if we get ripped back to back bowl seasons, I'll be pretty happy. So let's, as long as we do that, things are, are looking up for big or for Illinois football. And I we got to like, hurry before. You know, USC, UCLA, like the good Pac-10 teams show up because then we're going to be hurting. We're going to be the Vanderbilt of the Big Ten. Yeah, honestly. I it's Everything early indication about Illinois has been really, really solid so far. The Obviously, the Big Ten West is just fucking awful, so you guys at least have a good chance. And then I've been looking at some mock drafts for next year for the NFL, and there's like three or four guys on the Illinois defensive line alone that are supposed to go in the first round. I don't know if you've been looking at those. It's crazy. So uh, if anything, this new guy, Luke Altmeyer, isn't even going to have to throw the ball, and he'll everybody else will just be flat on their back the entire time. So the, the defense will be solid, just like always with Brett Bielma team. So it should be a pretty fun season. Nebraska starts on 831. We get Minnesota on Thursday night for the first game of the Matt Rule era. Pretty dig excited. I'm not going to lie. If we end up starting off with a win, there's a pretty decent shot that we're going to be like 4 or 5-0 and going into our big games against like Michigan. So could be some good early momentum for the whole new era. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I, you have to feel good about Rule. I mean, his Carolina stint wasn't great, but he's a college coach through and through. So I'd assume if anyone can get it going, it was him. This is kind of off the cuff, but uh, what are you thinking for Heisman this year? Do you have any favorites? I don't. I don't know if I could name a single player outside of Caleb Williams, so I'll go with him. He's the overwhelming favorite. It's Caleb Williams and then Jane Daniels, the LSU quarterback, which is hilarious because going into last season, he was nowhere near these lists. Quinn Ewers for Texas, Michael Penix Jr. fourth. That's high, but I'm all about it. And then Cade Klubnik. God, it's a it's a very very quarterback heavy in the top ten. Usually, you at least have like one or two running backs. This is kind of wild. Dude, I'm seeing Michael Penix in person this year. So it's gonna, it's gonna be like MVP. It's gonna end up just becoming purely a quarterback. Um, I'm looking, I'm looking through this. I don't think there's a non-quarterback until Marvin Harrison Jr. and he's like 15th. Stuff. You know who? You know who we're gonna hate this year just because like he's unproven, hasn't done anything, and old as shit. Uh, no, I'm not sure. Joe Milton. Okay. Remember the name. Remember the name. I'll, I'll remember the name Joe Milton. I'll, I'll be irrationally angry with him. Remember the name come like January, whenever we're getting all these conversations about Heisman and then like number one overall pick. And you have Joe Milton who has that one video of him throwing from his knees and the stories of him throwing at 95 plus yards, but like doesn't have any touch or accuracy or any ability hey, that's enough to play to, quarterback. That's enough to be a first round pick. Yeah. And of course he's at Tennessee too. So just adds into the, my disdain for him. 
Alrighty, getting into the news a little bit, the actual news. We have our decision. The the most heated of positional battles in this early training camp and preseason season. And it's Baker Mayfield over Kyle Trask. What do we think of this decision by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Not surprised, and I don't think his position's safe. I mean, he's two bad games in a row from from being replaced by Trask. It could be a back-and-forth type season. Hope for the best for him. I don't know if he got... like His, his career's been weird where you know he brought the Browns a win, but then they went and did everything they could to get Deshaun... He, he played well, not great in Carolina, and then was like, hey, guys, I see the writing on the wall. Can we trade me? And then actually had some pretty electric games for the Rams, but obviously that's Stafford's team, so he wasn't going to stick around there. Uh, so definitely a weird trajectory. Um, uh, you know, you hope he, he figures it out. He doesn't seem like a, a bad person. I just, you know, particularly likes his commercials. But other than that, I mean, there's no reason to, like, hate the guy, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, as a Matt Rule fan, I have to blame Baker for the early season woes of the Carolina Panthers. But yeah, Baker played fine as soon as he got to the Rams, in my opinion. He did some decent stuff, and that one win that he had over the Raiders on like three days prep or something like that, like that was absolutely insane. But I, I don't know how much he'll really end up doing. He really falls into a good situation. We've been talking about how much we like this Tampa Bay offense outside of the quarterback. And so it's it's kind of like a few of these other situations like Geno in Seattle where like he has the keys to the car, he just needs to fucking drive it straight. So, oh shoot, I gotta stop swearing yeah. on this podcast. That's, that's, one a, of that's the a Dogecoin. That's a Dogecoin right there, which is worth, what, like 10 cents at this point? I um, can't imagine it's even that much, but keep going. Yeah. And so, I, yeah, I don't think Baker's position is safe at any point this year. There's going to be a lot of situations, I feel like, in the FL this year where we're going back and forth with quarterbacks. Um, the thing that really is shocking to me, though, is like Kyle Trask had such a leg up. He's been on this team for multiple years now. He was a part of the regime that ended up actually drafting him. Baker was just kind of a throwaway, hey, let's throw a couple million bucks at a crafty veteran to see what happens. In my opinion, this was Trask's job to lose. And Trask just gave it away. This is such an indictment on him and his ability, which is kind of crazy because he looked pretty damn good whenever he was at Florida and ended up being a second round pick. So I guess it's all just Kyle Pitts, you know, throw it up to Kyle Pitts. He's down there somewhere. And this is kind of maybe a death knell for a bit of his uh, career, even though it's still young. So I don't know. Are you a Trask guy? I, I feel like you might be a Trask guy. Uh, I mean, I, I don't really know too much about him. Anytime you, you tee up good college questions for me, it's like, I, I you know I'm going to bomb this. So, <laughs> Sorry. Um, to, to your point, it was his job to lose. I, it, from Everything out of camp was, kind of stated it was a pretty spirited battle between the two, though, which is why I think it, it's not over for him. I, I think you could see both of these guys starting a decent amount of games this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Baker came in and won it. So, you know, congratulations to him on that one. But they're also, like, the last team to say our day one starter is X. So, it's like, that's how you can tell it was. I mean, it really came down to the, the second to last preseason game before they felt comfortable giving the keys over to Baker. Yeah. And John Wolford, their third string quarterback, got carted off with a neck injury the other day. It looked pretty dang scary, honestly. Uh, it, but we, we already knew that this whole team was going to be based off the rest of the team. It wasn't going to be defined by the quarterback. They are so stacked everywhere else. And they That's have Rams legend, now. John Wolford, the guy that supplanted Jared Goff just for Jared Goff to come back and win a playoff game for him. Dude legend absolute legend i don't sean McVay just has a man crush on this guy so uh that was the big news when it came to positional battles i don't know if you've heard of anything else that was too big but there are also a couple injuries that had some big time fantasy implications or at least potential 
fantasy implications. The first one is JSN having an injury. I, I believe it was to his wrist. He had like some like carpal tunnel syndrome, something. I don't know what it is. I'm not a doctor, but he is going to be having surgery on it. It looks like he might be back for week one, but if he's not, he might end up missing a little bit of time. And that could honestly be a pretty big blow as he tries to get some chemistry with Geno Smith and then this offense. Uh, what, what do you think of this? Do you, do you think it's going to end up causing some missed time? And uh, do you think this kind of hurts his early season development? Hurts the early development. I think DK stock just flies at this point, right? I mean, now he doesn't have to worry about that young guy that can, can soak up targets. So I'd be pretty excited if I was someone that had already drafted DK at the cheap price. And if I'm drafting right now, I'd be trying to get DK before his ADP catches up to where it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, sucks for JSN. I'm sure he'll be fine, but it's just it's tough when you're not in there, especially if you miss maybe even like week one or two. I mean, you're just missing time right now. You know, getting in game plans, getting those additional reps with Gino, and that, that's just what you need as a rookie. That's why we don't see them pop until the second half of the season. It's like missing you know a month, and that's it. Just kind of pushes his his pop back a little further. Yeah, it scares me a little bit just because of how old school of a coach like Pete Carroll is, right? Like, he's like, ah, just rub some dirt on it. You should be out there for week one. And it feels like if you fall behind a little bit with Pete Carroll, it's kind of hard to catch up. So we'll see what ends up happening there. I feel like we're going to end up seeing some no-name just popping off on that Seahawks offense. But ultimately, like you mentioned, second and a half season, that's when you're actually expecting Jason to do something. That's why you're drafting JSN, realistically. The other big injury for a wide receiver this week was Scary Terry. Terry McLaurin had a toe injury for the Washington Commanders. Early implication probably, right, is that Jahan Dotson could end up having a very good start to the season, which would be huge for his sophomore year. What do you think? No, that's that's pretty spot on. I think because I mean, Terry's um, his x-rays came back negative, so he should be good to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if this becomes a lingering issue, Dotson and Curtis Samuel uh, get a big bump here. So it's just that news you need to keep keep your eyes on. Um, I guess the real question becomes, was it worth it? You know, does giving up Terry McLaurin for the season, is that good enough for breaking the 23-game win streak of the, the Ravens? Or do you think you'd rather have Terry McLaurin? Dude, that shit was so funny because, like, it was the second and third string Ravens team out there just, like, not really giving a fuck, but also, like, kind of getting in fights. And then Washington with their first stringers just you know, going blow for blow with these, like, guys who had just picked up off the street. It, it was such a funny win that the Commanders were going for. They only ended up winning them by, like, one point. So, uh, sh- shout out the Commanders. You know, they're the preseason champions. They might go 3-0. and and this, get- team needs, this team needed a big win, and this was their statement win. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens now. Yeah, because you know what happens when you go undefeated in the preseason? You end You're up going 0 16. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that that's the injury stuff. Probably nothing like huge implication wise. Uh, knock on wood, but like we really haven't had like a long term injury for a fantasy relevant guy. So let, let's just keep that good luck going. Yeah, the, the injuries have been on the defensive side. I, I think a few defensive guys have had torn ACLs and Achilles, etc. But fantasy wise, we're looking clean so far. Yeah, and even then, like, it's not been to too big of players for all season long. I'd say probably, like, the most impactful injury has been Jalen Ramsey. So let's let's continue to just cross our fingers that that injury luck stays. Because it really sucks when guys get injuries early on, and you have to start riding off teams pretty early. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to go through our tight end rankings relatively quickly. I, I think last year really cemented, like, hey, there are guys in fantasy that are good for tight end, and then after that, just pick anyone and just keep being flexible. Is that kind of your strategy going into this year? There are three three to four guys that I will actually spend draft capital on. After that, it's pretty much 
wait until something feels right. But yeah, I mean, have two or three on your roster and just try to play the play the game. Probably two. You don't have three tight ends, but uh, no, it's still abysmal. Um, still really tough to pick out. Hopefully Andrews doesn't take a, a dookie again this year because that, that was tough last year with people drafting him over Kelsey just to watch Kelsey come right back to the number one spot. Yeah, that was poor planning if you were expecting Kelsey to fall off a little bit last year and expect Andrews to ascend into that spot there's just no way Uh, but like going into our rankings from like last year we had like Dalton Schultz in the top five and he didn't do shit last year and like Darren Waller we had really high too because like who wouldn't and then he really started to fall off as well so I I just don't feel like there's a lot of guys you can trust you know there's there's not a lot of guys for a benchmark for future success except for this tier one and tier two and maybe like itsy bitsy bit of tier three but we're gonna just go through each of our tiers talk about our favorite guy and then kind of like our absolutely don't really want to touch guy in each tier and we'll go through it kind of quickly because tight ends are kind of boring starting off with tier one there's one guy in the entire tier guess who it is (laughs) yeah exactly it is travis kelsey the mainstay the guy that everybody's willing to take in the first round this year We've already kind of talked about it. Like, we are totally down for taking him top five. And honestly, don't even completely blame you to take him in the top three, if I'm being fully real. I guess the better question is, is like, when does Kelsey slow down? (laughs) Basically, he's at that point of you you draft him until he shows the slowdown. Uh, At some point, someone's going to be the one holding the bag. It it may be one of us, but uh, I'm not shying away from him until... I find a better solution at tight end. The, the The advantage he has given you over the past eight years has just been so incredible that like you just kind of have to roll with it. I mean, he's so good. He's a first round pick and, and super flex, which is borderline unheard of. But I, I mean, and in, in, in a twelve man super flex super flex league, if you're late, I, I think you just you just punt quarterback and go Kelsey and best available running back or best available receiver and just hope for the best. Yeah, I caught the Chiefs' second preseason game, which I guess is like the week that people actually play their starters now. I, I, Nobody cared about preseason before, but now that it's down to three games, like now I care even less about it. But I guess that was the big game that everybody was actually really trying at everything. And it was so funny watching how effortlessly open Travis Kelsey still was in a game that didn't really actually matter. The dude just glides into positions where he's just readily available for Patrick Mahomes to make the easiest of throws. And then, yeah, he just rumbles downfield for some good old yak. So uh, it's Kelsey until it's Kelsey until we die, I guess it's going to be us, the aliens, and then a bunch of Travis Kelsey clones. It's going to be insane going into this tier two. It's three guys. I, I don't think anyone disputes which three. It's really just which one you end up wanting to grab at the value that they're at. And it's Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, and George Kittle. Who are you rocking with? Yeah, so for me, the, the key thing here is at their value. I, I've seen it two different ways. I've seen, because I feel like ESPN has Hawkinson above Andrews, and that makes it tougher. I, I've seen more underdog where Hawkinson's lower, like in the 50s or 60s, and that makes him way more enticing. But I like Hawk and Kittle a bit more than Andrews where you can get them. And, and I, I would take Hawkinson for the most part. But I, I think Kittle's a pretty good consolation prize. Yeah. I uh, I like Kittle at where he's at. I feel like this could be a pretty nice bounce back here. And that might just be a little bit of me hoping. I think that 
Brock Purdy might have a little bit of a fallback this year. We'll get into that with our team rankings. Um, fallback to earth, and I think he's really going to need that safety blanket. Like he's Brock Purdy, if we're being honest, is a rookie plus. You know, he didn't play all of last year by any means. He ended up having the injury going into the playoffs, and I really think he's going to need that steady hand of George Kittle. And that's just kind of who I like in this tier. And in the ADP rankings that I was looking at, Kittle was sitting at 49th which in my mind is a much more comfortable spot at taking a tight end than Mark Andrews at 29 or TJ Hawkinson at 43. The person I'm not rocking with is Hawk, and that might just be the inner Lions fan coming out because Hawk was saying some mean shit about us at the end of the last year, but I just don't love the ADP, and I feel like that ball is going to get distributed to other people on the team, namely Justin Jefferson. So that's where I'm sitting. I, I understand the again it's if, if hawk goes super early you stay away but if he falls into the 50s i, th- I think you gotta jump on him yeah and you don't feel bad about any of these guys right like you don't even have anyone on your team on this tier that you yeah, say you don't want to if, if we're going back and forth this tier two it, it this is the i grab them because after this i don't feel confident about any other player but at least these top four guys i feel great about um, just because you, you need production out of your tight end slot, otherwise you're going to just fall behind. Um, and by, by the time you hit Tier 3, who will highlight as Pitts, Goddard, Waller, Ingram, Fryermuth, and Joku? Is any of, or sorry, and Joku's Tier 4, but like, do you feel any good about any of them? Like confident, truly confident that they're going to produce for you week in and week out? And I mean, I don't. So that, that's where it starts getting really finicky. Like, yeah, they're great tournament plays, but if you're doing season-long fantasy, I don't trust those guys. Yeah, the only, that's why I said this is like a four and a half top tier guy for me. Like the guys that I'm actually comfortable with drafting with a high draft pick. And that's, I'm still on Kyle Pitts ever so slightly. I really can't give him up. Desmond Ritter has been looking okay during preseason so far by most indications and in training camp. And like, I just, I just can't let it go. Like Kyle Pitts's measurements were so good coming out of college. He had that great rookie season where he wasn't that amazing. He was only like tight end 11, but really showed out for what a rookie tight end usually does. I, I feel like, I feel like there's a chance that Arthur Smith actually doesn't ruin a star player on his team. And the ball actually gets to Kyle Pitts in positions where he can actually succeed. I'm not giving it up. I'm a drug addict. I can't stop. So give me Kyle Pitts in this tier, and honestly, the rest of the guy, these guys, I don't even want to touch. I, I'll touch Pat Fryermuth at ADP, but the other three are like basically do not drafts for me. Yeah, it's Kyle's knee injury is scary to me, just because it it didn't happen like at a good time. It happened, you know, middle middle to late part of the season, and it just takes time to recover from that, especially someone so explosive as he is. Uh, so for that, like, that's why I'm always apprehensive. And he, he keeps going up boards because, to your point, when you have a thousand yard rookie season, people remember that they forget how abysmal he was in this uh, Arthur Smith offense. I mean, part of that was Mariota, but part of it was he just was never schemed open. It was all Drake London plays and Tyler Algier, and now they got Bijan Robinson, who's going to get, I, I mean, just an insane amount of touches. Like I, I like Drake London. I liked, um, I like all the running backs in Atlanta, but I just don't know if I trust. Ritter just yet. I don't know if I trust Pitts where he's getting drafted. Um, and, and this he, is kind of the fun part, too, with tight ends. Um, a lot of the guys that you won't touch are guys that I'm really excited by, and vice versa. Like, it really is just an absolute crapshoot outside of Kelsey. And, uh, you know, one through four, it feels you feel okay with, but after that, it, it's pretty tough. It's pick your poison, 100%. Yeah. Do you know how many I, touchdowns Kyle Pitts has in his career? Like Two four? seasons. Three. Okay. 
That's tough, man. That's got to go up. There's no way that like the regression to the mean doesn't kick in at some point. He You're assuming they use him out. correctly. I, yeah. I just don't trust Arthur Smith to do that. He's gonna he's gonna draw up the good place for Janu. Truly. So you have Evan Ingram for this yep. tier. Absolutely. I S- sell me this pen. Sell me Evan Ingram. Yeah, it's so the big thing that the thing that makes me excited for Ingram is he got paid this off season. And that's just huge because it shows that not only is Jacksonville committed to him, but when you put that kind of money, that kind of salary cap towards a guy, uh, your your plans, your intentions are to make him a huge part of your offense. You, you don't spend $10 million plus a year on a guy that you only want to get four or 500 yards. He had some monster games last year uh, with Trevor Lawrence. I, I think they just kind of keep building that rapport. And, you know, when you're getting him at tight end 8, 9, or 10 – you're, you're going to kind of combine it with another high-risk, high-reward type tight end, and I'm just hoping it pans out. I just I think his high, as we saw last year, is 35, 40-point games. His low is still zero catches, which is pretty rough, but he, he kind of came back into form, his uh, all-pro form, if you will, um, this past season, and I, and I think that things are looking up for him in Jacksonville. Remember last offseason when the Jets signed C.J. Ozoma to $8 million per year over three years on a big money contract and then made him an inline blocker and he had one of the worst years of his career with only 232 yards? Pain. I, I don't, but at the same time, the Jets is the Jets. I, I trust uh, Doug Peterson quite a bit. I do too. I, I think that your argument's really sound. It's just really funny whenever these bad teams just manage to find a way to mess all that up put a big investment in someone then like not properly use them so I, it's a good point point. and yeah i think that if anybody has benefited from the relationship uh between trevor lawrence doug peterson uh travis Etienne, and now evan ingram i think that that's a solid core and i think evan ingram's going to continue to thrive in that offense i just i don't, I don't love it at adp I, I like ingram outside the top 10 is more of a sleeper but i digress uh we are going into tier four which is a who's who of tight ends we got david njoku cole Komet, dalton schultz chig okonkwo dalton kincaid greg dolchich tyler higby so who are we rocking with because i feel like you can kind of go any direction you want here i this entire or i guess out of this tier there's three people that i'm fairly interested in i think Komet, same argument as ingram gonna be a big part of this offense based off of what they just paid him this offseason showed some pretty good flashes towards the end of the season with justin fields uh so that i think is exciting dalton kincaid huge draft pick first tight end off the board for the bills the bills have been trying to get more production out of their tight end and, and Knox just didn't quite cut it last year uh, and then everything out of camp is just guys praising kincaid which i think it's if you listen to preseason reports i mean that the hype is through the roof on on that kid so that's pretty exciting and then higby's just old steady eddie uh you know if if we see time with cooper cup out higby might by default get 15 targets a game until cup is back and and that's enticing we, we saw last year you know a lot of people were very high on higby and it didn't quite work out until cup was gone that in that back half of the season he was like a 15 point a game tight end because there was no one to throw the ball to and the offense doesn't really look any better than it did last year it's just cup is theoretically healthy to start the season yeah i totally agree there's gonna be no one in that offense so it's either gonna be cup or higby catching the ball maybe a little bit cam Akers. so chase the volume totally about that uh cole Komet, same argument with ingram just paid him 
dude better live up to that contract or else he's going to be gone out of town pretty dang quickly. And yeah, all the indications is Dalton Kincaid's going to be like a wide receiver plus, kind of like Mike Gesicki in his early years with the Dolphins. We'll see if he can kind of buck the trend of rookie tight ends typically doing pretty poorly. Um, but if anyone's going to do it, it's the guy that has Josh Allen throwing him the damn ball. So I, I, I don't hate any of these picks here. And that's what the, that's the thing here is like, there's no real bad picks in this area. The, the only one I really don't like is Dalton Schultz because rookie quarterback plus bad situation i don't feel like schultz is going to catch any balls uh, this year. between schultz and dolchich i i don't trust any of it it's yeah it's, it's not not the best situations but these are, this is definitely the tier that i'm filling in as far as like high upside so if i got stuck with an ingram a, a round or two later i might be snagging a, a commit just to see what happens yeah, and to be clear, I love the next tier a lot. There's like three tight ends in the next tier that I'll take. This one's I I'll you know just do it you know because I have yeah. to sort of thing. Yeah, uh, tier other, five. I was gonna say just oh go ahead go ahead before I outline tier five. Oh, uh, I was just gonna say I like Chig because I like his name. So go ahead. Okay, there you go. Yeah, tier five. You got Sam Laporta, Taysom Hill, Luke Musgrave, Jawan Johnson, Irv Smith, Gerald Everett, Dawson Knox, and that that would be the tier five for me. Everett, I think, is an obvious slam dunk. A uh, mm-hmm. ton of usage last year. An offense that wants to throw the ball a lot. Definitely a, a big-time sleeper pick. And then the guy that I have that you're out on, which I love seeing us kind of having these conflicting views, is same with Kincaid. Luke Musgrave, high pick for the Packers. A whole new Packers offense that we don't know what's going to happen. Pure wild card. But he's getting an insane amount of usage in these preseason games. They look like they are gearing up to get this kid the ball a lot, and I, I think he chased it before people know his name. Okay, real quick. Uh, great point on Gerald Everett. Love him. They used him in high leverage situations last year. He was getting the ball right whenever they actually were like right on the goal line or about ready to win a game, and they were trusting him. Mix that with a fully healthy Justin Herbert year. I think Everett could be insane, and his stats are better than what freaking David Njoku had, and David Njoku is going like five rounds earlier. Makes no sense. Go, go get Everett. He is so much better uh, than Everett's David truly a tier three tight end that for some reason is getting drafted tier five. Yeah, he actually stays healthy. Njoku hasn't done shit. He is just living off of his draft value, which doesn't even matter at this point. You, you got to be believing in Deshaun Watson if you're believing in Njoku. You can just easily see it with Gerald Everett because you've already seen it. I don't know why teams don't value him more. He's already been on three teams. It's kind of crazy to me. Uh, but yes, uh, Luke Musgrave, do not like. I, I can't believe that you have him high. He is the guy that I have in this tier as like a do not draft. I do not like. And it's not because I don't like the ability. It's a mix of one rookie tight end it's gonna be a little rough Two, basically rookie quarterback in jordan love even though jordan love has been looking pretty good that's a smaller factor for me but still a slight factor but then three why would he get the ball whenever there's all these other studs seemingly on this offense christian watson obviously we've already detailed in our wide receiver episode go listen to that one romeo dubs same thing really solid player Jaden reed has been looking insane this entire preseason it's kind of him and justin ross in my opinion as like the breakout stars of this preseason and then a bunch of depth guys not to mention aaron jones is catching passes out of that backfield so i just don't think there's enough ball to go around that's kind of where i'm struggling with it it's just like packers just have these like innate ability to get wide receivers to grow on trees that's where i struggle with luke musgrave solid player but i just don't think he gets the ball and anytime you're drawing up screens for your tight end you believe in the athleticism of that player and the packers have already done that in spades this preseason i feel like that's an easy tell that they want to get the dude the ball if they're willing to draw up like a screen should be going to your fastest receiver or a running back and they're drawing it up for the tight end so 
that I feel like that just gets you gets you pretty excited. Gets me excited at least for the guy. That's fair. It, it scares me a little bit, but also they let their number one tight end walk in Robert Tunyon to their rival, mind you. So yeah. the Chicago Bears. So they must have some faith in this guy. Well, so, like, if you think about it, and, and maybe I'm just letting you know history blind me, but the only team that I know of to really just make an absolute living off of tight end screens is the Patriots. And that was to a combination of Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. So, I mean, you're putting him in elite tight end company. Um, by just seeing the type of plays they're willing to get this guy, so I, I'm pretty excited for him. Dude, Aaron Hernandez is insane fancy tight end. Not to absolutely. Not to is, he was a, he was the first ever tight end handcuff. You would draft Gronk and then get Hernandez way later, and just figure out when Gronk wasn't healthy, you pop in Hernandez or just play Hernandez in the, the flex slot. Yeah. Wait, who do you not like in this year? I'm going to look up his fancy finishes by year. Uh, Dawson Knox. They got Kincaid for a reason. You saw Knox start to fall off last season. I, I think he's the odd man out in a, an offense that wants to go through Diggs, go through Gabe Davis, tr- probably try to run the ball a little bit more with James Cook. Like, there's just so many new, shinier weapons that I think Knox is kind of the old, forgotten toy at this point. The misfit toy, if you will. I could totally see that. Yeah, Dawson Knox is, doesn't seem to have the faith in, like, yeah, he was super solid in college, but yeah, it might be might be over for him. Okay, maybe Aaron Hernandez wasn't as insane as I thought, but his his sophomore year was still pretty damn good. I only bring him up because the the new Gators. I don't know if you saw this, the Florida Gators documentary is coming out on Netflix. I'm kind of excited to see what they talk about with him. Um, yeah, so this tier I like a lot. We've already talked about Gerald Everett, Gibby Everett all day, every day, and then. I don't think it's crazy to talk about Juwan Johnson here. I think that I, I jo- do think it's crazy, but go for it. <laughs> Carr is there now. Derek Carr has shown that he can support a fancy relevant tight end in Darren Waller. I think it's not insane that Juwan Johnson ends up leading all tight ends in touchdowns this year. I feel like he's going to get a ton of goal line work. Fuck Taysom Hill. And I, I think Juwan Johnson is just going to keep the party going in Nolens. I don't know. That is F word number three. Four. Dang it. Dang it. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. No, I, I, man, I just don't trust the talent. I don't think Jawan, like, nothing, nothing against the guy. It's just the dude's mid, and he's going to be on a mid offense. Like, that doesn't get me excited to go draft him. I, I want to go get guys that are young, athletic, and a ton of upside. That's fair. I, but I, I guess I, if you think he's going to lead him in, t- in touchdowns, that is the upside. Uh, so we'll see. Prove me wrong. Prove me I think wrong. It, I think it's in the realm of possibilities. Like, if this was a Marvel movie, like, it's one of the variants. It's one of the potential timelines that it could end up happening. Yeah. But now, it's now let's lay out. Let's lay out the dead zone here. I don't even know why we have a, a Tier 7, but Tier 6, Mayer, Hayden Hurst, Zach Ertz, Mike Kosicki, Jake Ferguson, Tyler Conklin, Hunter Henry, and then Isaiah Likely. I can't believe you, you put him a tier lower. This seems almost sacrilege, but... Um, you, you put this tier as, <clears throat> excuse me, as you, I think I have to agree with you on that. But if I had to pick a player, I love the reports about Gasicki coming out of camp. Even, mm. even after the injury, he's coming back a bit quicker. He's just not clear for contact yet, but everything kind of indicates that he and Mac have been building rapport. He's been getting a ton of, uh, very aggressive catches. We're using him more like a receiver than a tight end. So, I mean, if you're down here and you need somebody, uh, hold your nose and pick him you know god help you but he, he's he might have two or three like big games this year yeah who knows dude i forgot that hayden hurst signed with the uh with the carolina panthers when did that happen i, I assumed he was still a bingo <laughs> I, I thought he was still a falcon 
where, where he was exciting as a potential guy last year. Now it's just like, ugh. I, I, I get the Gasicki hype, and you definitely have your ear to the ground on that one, so I'll totally trust you there. I don't like any of these guys. Michael Meyer is not going to do okay, That's anything. what I said. You, you hold your nose. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Michael Meyer, no, no chance. Uh, he was great at a Notre Dame, but he fell to the second, third round. Like I just don't see him getting a ton of usage this year. Yeah, even the guy that I like and I think has some good real-life potential, like Jake Ferguson, he's going to be in the fight for his life with two other really solid tight ends on the Dallas Cowboys. They're all each going to finish the season with 250 yards exactly receiving. So I just don't like any of those. I think you just skip this tier and you throw a few darts at the very, very end of your fantasy draft. Tier 7, I want to highlight three guys, which I shouldn't do because we're only supposed to highlight one per tier. Trey McBride is the first one high draft pedigree second round pick last year was the highest drafted tight end his entire class i think that we're going to be in a colt mccoy led offense that's kind of what the tea leaves are saying right now it's not going to be clayton tune and colt mccoy loves his tight ends going back to his washington commanders days going back to his cleveland browns days colt mccoy loves some tight ends i think trey mcbride if it's going to happen it's going to happen this year second guy isaiah likely you make fun of me all the time for my love for Isaiah Likely, but if you look at the top tight ends in terms of uh, run block and pass block ability, the, the same same three guys end up showing up. One, Josh Oliver, Raven. Two, Mark Andrews, Raven. And you know who tops the dang list? Isaiah Likely, Raven. I think that his uh, run and pass block ability is going to allow him to stay on the field and potentially catch some of those BS passes that Lamar Jackson always ends up throwing up. I think there's a decent shot that Isaiah Likely does some stuff. And then lastly, Darnell Washington. I don't want to belabor it. Dude is super athletic, and I think that him and Pat Fryermuth could be pretty dang deadly, and it's a big part of why I like Kenny Pickett this year. So, I don't know. I like the very end of this a lot. There's some niche guys. I mean, these guys are, you see what happens after week one, and you're probably dropping them to get that, that waiver wire running back. Um, just because you exist, I know Isaiah Likely, and I, I, I have seen him play. He's got some talent. Uh, I, I love Trey McBride, though, to your point. Highest, you know, picked guy last year on a team devoid of talent, so plenty of opportunity to get garbage time touches regular time touches just see what we got touches uh and i think he's just the most athletic guy still standing on this cardinals team that has a, a ton of injuries and a ton of just god knows what's going on um colt mccoy's not gonna probably even have enough time to throw it to marquise brown um rondale moore was a pretty big non-starter last year i i think trey mcbride just starts really finding himself this year and, and again you're getting him so late in the draft that it's not really a risk it's it's like you're, you're just picking him while other guys are like early picking kickers. So I think yeah. you, you think you're fine there. Yeah, it's a pretty easy pick there. I, I feel like, yeah, it's worthwhile if you're in a league where you're able to still pick up defenses and kickers week one or like right before week one to just take a couple more flyers on some of these tight ends. See if some new, new news comes out of camp out of uh out of a preseason and see if maybe one of these guys can end up popping off in that week one. Don't waste some extra roster spots on some more less value players. Keep getting some more dart throws in there and see what ends up happening. But yeah, to your, to your point, you're probably not going to have these guys on your roster after the first couple of weeks, but that's okay. They're, they're fun players still at the end of the day. And uh, I don't think we need to do our tier seven 
least like player it's it's kate otten but that just feels like beating up on the the kid that doesn't that's just that i mean fast. yeah okay let's let's be fair if you have if you're relying on jelani woods kate otten foster moreau or adam trotman you mess something up in your draft or you just have the most stacked wide receiver draft ever so i mean something along those lines I've never been more down bad on this podcast than whenever I was sitting in the Dallas airport chopping up highlights, use that term loosely, of Jelani Woods. Dude has like two career highlights, and I just put them on loop for one of our videos that we put out. But hey, fun player, athletic guy, Mo Alley Cox clone, if we're being real. So anyway, it is time for our team draft. Looking back on last year, it was a massacre. It was a demolition Jimmy, your final points were 279 to Mad Max, 174. You beat me by 105 points. I I just want to detail out how bad this was. I I thought it was bad. We knew it was bad as we were going through the season and into the playoffs. But it was even worse than we thought. You had the final four teams, which was Mm -hmm. an insane amount of points that were available there. You had the Super Bowl winner, the Kansas City Chiefs. You had the Super Bowl runner-up. In the Philadelphia Eagles, you had the two conference championship runner-ups in the Bengals and the 49ers. Not to mention, you also had the Buffalo Bills, who won a ton of regular season games. It wasn't until the Dallas Cowboys at number six in terms of total points in our game that I finally got something on the board. So uh, what's the strategy here? What, what are you thinking? Like, Is it just take good teams? The, the secret is letting you pick the Packers when they're about to be down bad take the Ravens when Lamar's going to miss six games, um, you know, things like that. I mean, yeah, I think I still made some pretty bad picks. Like I picked the Bucks way too early, but they were a playoff team. I, I think I had the Rams who was just a horrible team. Like there's, you know, things like that. Just, you you know, you kind of backed, uh, backed the wrong horses, you know, reaching for, again, the Packers early, the Cowboys early, the Dolphins early, things like that. I, I was lucky to sneak in some late picks of the Eagles and the Niners that I, I think kind of snuck up on people. Yeah, not to mention you got the Chiefs at number three or four. I don't remember which direction we went, but I think I went one Bills. You went two. Somehow didn't get the Chiefs, and then I came back and got the Chiefs. Yeah, and just a reminder for everyone before we talk any further: the way that this game works is we go back and forth on picking teams, and we just look at them for the full season. The way the scoring works is each win is one point. A division winner is two points. Playoff appearance is four points. Wild card win is six points. Divisional round win eight. Conference championship win, 10. Super Bowl win is 12 points. So just to give you some context, our really good team is like over 20 points, and the Chiefs had 56 last year because they won a ton of games and then all those extra things that started stacking up. So I I think I did pretty good towards the end of the draft. Like I got the Giants in the Mm -hmm. third to last round, but uh, it it was at that top that I just got absolutely killed. And then, yeah, our, our eighth round was me, Dolphins, at 13. You Philadelphia Eagles at 44. There's no coming back from that one. So hopefully I do better this year. Hopefully. But you get the first pick this year because of what happened. So please Aww. start us off. Thank you. It's not a tough choice. I'm going Chiefs. Dang do it. We need I, was hoping, I was hoping maybe you would try to galaxy brain yourself. Nah, that, I, I have to go Chiefs. It's too simple. It's it's easy. I, not, we're, you're not getting them in the second round this year. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'll go Bills again. It hurts. I don't want to even talk about them. So just go. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I, that AFC East is going to be a bloodbath. That's another part of the strategy here is the AFC is much better than the NFC, but somebody's got to win in the NFC at the end of the day. Okay, so that takes off a couple teams on my board. I did a lot of research. I don't know how much you ended up doing. but I have done I, none. I'm going straight off the dome here. Okay, okay. I'm going Eagles. 
Okay. I, I know Let's it's kind of. I know it's kind of just normie and it's what's expected, but at the end of the day, I need to start just racking up wins, and I think the Eagles will do that this year. And here's the tough one. I think there's a lot of good directions I can head with this. Um, the problem, so like again, last year I had a couple divisions where I had like three of the teams, which to your point doesn't give you a great chance at the play or like the the division winner. But yeah. I just loved the teams in it, so it's just you kind of got to do what you got to do. True. Um, if we're talking top four teams, I, I mean, I think you, you have to throw the Bengals in there. I, I don't want to take them this high, but I think you've done more research than me, and I'm kind of just stretching here. I'm just grabbing good quarterbacks when I can. You're just grabbing good teams. That's It's reasonable. I, I had them very high as well. I think the top like handful of teams is pretty cut and dry. Uh I'm taking a team that I don't think you're going to take as high, and it might it might be a mistake, but like they were right there to making the conference championship last year, and I think their division is going to be a lot worse this year than people expect, and I think it's the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going oh, that was the that was my I was wanting to grab them, but I think you beat me to it. I'm going two teams in the NFC East. I don't oh. care. I'm covering my bases. I I think I stick true to my guns here. Um, you know, you just you, I got to stick with with good coaches at this point. I'll go Niners. I don't think you'd have taken them here for a couple picks, but they did me well last year. Uh, you know, we have a little bit more clarity. Purdy is healthy. He might have a fall, you know, kind of fall back, but that team was just a different beast when when Purdy was there. So I, I think they're still a top six team. Yeah, that was my next pick. They just okay. rack up wins. Like they, they may do, not yeah. win the division, but like they're definitely going to at least make the the playoffs seemingly every year. The six team might be controversial. But I think uh, the the six we just chose are the favorites, right? I think there's a bit of a teardrop, but I think there's a couple of teams in the AFC where I could totally see winning it all. And I think the the one uh, one A in terms of these sleeper picks has to be the Miami Dolphins. They're yeah. so talented. They just got Jalen Ramsey. They have the best wide receiver tandem I may have ever seen in my entire life. Just, just straight up, like I, the fact that they have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek at the same time is an act of God. If Tua stays healthy or even marginally healthy, this team's going to be insane. And not to mention, they almost beat the dang Bills last year with Skylar Thompson as their quarterback. Like this is a talented team outside of the quarterback as well. I, I, they're they're my sleeper pick to win the whole dang thing. Not no, gonna that, lie. I think that's a good pick. I don't know if I'd put them top ten, but I don't blame you for putting them top ten. Like to your point, they just have so much talent. Uh, just it hangs on Tua's dome, unfortunately. Yep. Yeah. The only thing that's uh, going to stop him is that AFC East is crazy. They're they're also about to get JT, so we'll yeah. see what happens. <laughs> Dude, that'd be insane if they actually um, go all in for that. The, the team I got to grab here. I'll, I'll pull a play out of your book, but I love this NFC West. Uh, I like the Seahawks, uh, a team yep. that just got significantly better this off season. Um, I, I don't love Geno, but I like Geno. To your point, two stud receivers, a third of JSN comes into his own, two great running backs, a hell of a defense. They got my boy Devin Witherspoon, so uh, I, I think the Hawks could have a, a hell of a season. Th- this is a lot like the NFC East, right? The West just always changes hands of of who's the, the team to beat, and we know it's not the Cardinals, we know it's not the Rams, so I'll take the two teams that have a chance of winning that division. Yeah, yeah. We've been hyping them up so much this offseason. I feel like it was inevitable one of us was going to take them really high. They were my next pick. However, love the pick for you. It's a it's a great pick. They are solid across the board. They go like four deep at running back too. It's it, it's pretty insane. Okay, 
they followed enough. I didn't need to take them in the 101 this year, but I'm happy to take them here. Lone Ravens here. I was about to ask, when are you taking the Ravens? Because if you didn't, I was going to grab them just to mess with you. Yeah, ninth overall. They're always my team. I Honestly, I don't like this team as much as I liked last year's team. I think last year's team with Campbell and Marcus Peters was better. But another year of Roquan Smith in that second half of the season defense that they had. A little bit of Patrick Queen getting some uh, responsibility off his back. No Justin Houston this year, and he had nine and a half sacks, and I think that's a very underrated uh, part of this offseason for the Ravens. But I think that some of the younger guys like Bowser and Oa can end up kind of filling in for that, and Kyle Hamilton also improved a ton on that defense. This might be the best Lamar year, and he's won an MVP, and I think this might be the best Lamar year that we see. He's angry. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to do it. So let's go Ravens. Yeah, I, I'm debating between two. I'm going to go with this one because I think of any team you'd be more likely to snag them. Um, the only team that I think has even a snowball's chance in hell of challenging the Chiefs in their division. Um, I'm, again, I'm just picking the quarterback that I love here. Uh, this team finds a way uh, to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory like no other, but I got to go Chargers on this one. I, I love the talent on this roster. Yeah, they were my next pick. I, I know I keep saying that, but yeah, you just you just read my brain every single time. It's a perfect pick. Uh, Herbert's going to elevate that offense. It's a very marked – there's a big mark in his season where you know he had the injury, and that's where his play started to decline. Before that, he was going bonkers. And, like, I think a lot of people are still stuck in the playoff game where they melted down. Yeah, of course, it's a terrible game for Justin Herbert in that second half, but, like, that's not not the whole season, right? So – Let's also consider if of any team that <clears throat> that knows how to give the Chiefs fits, it's always the Chargers. The Chargers Chiefs games are always incredible, and and that's the way you win the division is you you sneak one or two away from them, and and then just beat all the other teams. If you put Bill Belichick on the Chargers, do they win the Super Bowl this year? Maybe. I mean, honestly, that, I mean that defense is incredible. They still have Khalil Mack if if he's healthy again. You've Bosa. got Bosa. You've got J.C. Jackson coming back from injury. Darwin James. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's a, that's a stacked team. That is an incredible team. Yeah, let's get the Patriots on the phone. Trade a first-round pick for Billy B. Both sides <laughs> win. <laughs> uh, next pick. I haven't liked all their moves in the offseason, but I feel good at where I've grabbed them. Little lines here, baby. Okay, there we go. Finally, there's a couple divisions we haven't touched. I wondered who would grab the uh, NFC North first. Um, I was going to let you do it, and I'm glad that you brought up a team that I was like, wait a minute, I've been hyping them up all offseason. You mentioned they're the team that melted down the Chargers. Uh, I love good quarterbacks. I understand the AFC way better than the NFC. I'm grabbing me some Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, yeah. you got to get these teams in these weird divisions where they might just go 9-8, and eight, but hey, it's a win is a win. Of, you know? of, of any division, divisional favorite, they have as good a chance to, to win because who they're going against are, are pretty abysmal. So. Yeah. I'm going to keep the theme up. I, I think this team is a lot better than a lot of other people give them credit for. And they just got one of their best defensive players to sign back on a very team-friendly deal. And I think that they're just all in for this season. I'm going Saints. The fighting Cam Jordans. You're, you're always a Saints guy. I, I think that's a good pick because of the defense, for sure. There's a lot of directions to go in this middle of the pack. Like, there's some clear bad teams. There were some clear good teams. Now we're just kind of pick your favorites. And I, I just like the Saints here. I think that yeah. they're solid. I, I I might be kicking myself for this, but um, 
at this point, I'm just going to go with some sleeper picks. You know, you brought up your favorite NFC East team. I got to go with mine that I think everyone's sleeping on for no freaking reason because who's been winning it every single year? Give me the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. You, you, you just you take teams that have proven it time and again they know how to win, and no one else in this division has proven they know how to win time and again. I've been having a lot of recurring nightmares lately of the Packers winning the division at 10-7, and 7, and I'm not liking them. It, it, everything's just kind of stacking up in ways that I just don't really care for. LaFleur's just got, got his guys back in a good position, and this might be a huge A.J. Dillon year. Like, is it crazy that, like, now that you and I are both way off A.J. Dillon, that he goes for, like, 16 touchdowns this year? No, I, I fully expect it. I hyped him just one season too soon. Exactly. And the defense is good again. I I hate it all. I, I feel like we're going to get an insane um, – oh, why is it – Jair Alexander. Jair Alexander year. I feel like it's just going to be a crazy year for him. He might win Depoy. I don't know. All right. My next pick. Happy to do this at this point. There's no way they don't win nine games again. I want Pittsburgh Steelers. Damn it. You, you snagged me. I was I was definitely looking for, for Thicket to lead me. Dude, I don't even like Kenny Pickett. I am on record early on on this podcast being like, Pickett is mid. But it's just like all this other shit where all these teams just keep putting their quarterbacks in great situations. This, this team goes two running backs deep. They improve their offensive line. The wide receivers are so good, Allen Robinson may not even make the team as a depth piece. Like, there's no way Kenny Pickett has a bad year. He's going to go for, like, 3,500 yards and, like, 25 touchdowns this year, and the Steelers are going to win nine games. There's just no way. So, I like it. Yeah, uh, I mean, this team, I don't think they got better, but I can't say they arguably got worse. They were 12-5, and five, I guess, right? Last season, lost a home playoff game. I'll do it. I'll go for the Vikings at this point. Yeah. They uh, had a negative point differential, but they won a ton I, of games. I don't, yeah, I don't love them, but like at a certain point, you just take the team that has three absolute dogs for receivers and expect them to win in what could be a very weak division. No, absolutely. I'm a fan. They were high up on my board. Next up, got to do it to them. I'm sorry to do this to you. I'm taking the New England Patriots, baby. Yeah, and I, I usually hope that others sleep on them. Um, I agree. I think they have a better season than the Jets. I think they have a better I, season than the Dolphins, but you know, you already grabbed your Dolphins. I don't know if you've been listening to the Bill Simmons podcast, but he's going absolutely ballistic. He thinks Zeke Elliott's going to be the next coming of Edron James. It, it's pretty insane listening to him talk about it. However, I think that the depth pieces are good. I think Billy B's guys, guys in a good position. They have former Lions linebackers on the roster. That's always a recipe for success. So give me some New England Patriots this year. Yeah, you got Trey Flowers, man. He didn't do anything for the Lions, but he was a dog for the Patriots. I, I like the pick. I obviously 18, like the pick. 18 sacks incoming. There you go. Um, the team that I think has a pretty good shot of winning their division, um, we talked a little bit about them today. They just said who their starting quarterback is going to be for the season, but give me Tampa Bay. Um, yeah, they they didn't have a great year last year. I'm hoping their offensive line's a little healthier, but you know between Godwin, Evans, uh, Rashad White, and your boy Trey Trey Palmer, Trey right? Palmer baby, Trey Palmer. I I love I love their offense in, in a very weak division. So you know they get six pretty chill games a, a year, I guess except the Saints. The Saints do kind of tend to have their number, but I'll, I'll give it a try. I don't know if you saw that video the other day of Trey cooking Sauce Gardner, but that was just, put it right in my veins, baby. I, I love that stuff. 4-3 speed and just blazing one of the best corners in the entire league. So great. So great. Uh, 
unconventional pick here. Not high on on the quarterback, the predator. But I, I got to go Browns here. I think the rest of the roster is just so dang good. I think DTR comes in midseason and just morally cleanses the entire team. I, I love yeah. the Browns. I see you are a, a big AFC North fan. Um, I thought about maybe snagging the Browns, but you beat me to it. Three out of four on my team. I like it. This is a Mac draft through and through. Yeah, at, at, at this point, I think... I mean, I didn't. I never thought you nor I were going to take this team too high. I think this is a pretty accurate spot to grab them. Um, I might let you take them just because that'd put you at two divisions where you have three of the teams. But give me the the New York Football Jets. Unfortunately, mm. I, I think they they have an opportunity to be a playoff team. I don't think they will be because the Jets are going to jet. But at this point, when you look at the talent and who's left on this board, I'm I'm going to take them. Yeah, yeah. I you got to. I get it, but. I will happily go on the record here, and I I want everyone to listen to me. All all five people are listening right now. The Houston Texans will win more games this year than the New York Jets. I will go on the record and say so. I think the Houston Texans are going to win the whole di- not not the whole thing. They're going to win some dang games this year, and it may may not may not be a whole lot. It may only be like eight or so, but watching will anderson just like shooting like a cannon into the backfield all preseason long this defensive line is legit they're gonna be a scary team that for a lot of unassuming teams this year i i think that the houston Texans are a quality quality team upcoming they're, they're they have more recognizable pieces on their defense just the defensive line than the entire rams team combined like i think this is a solid solid squad so give me the texans is that bold enough for you no, I, I mean, I'm not going to say I, I definitely disagree, but I don't feel nearly a strong enough conviction to fully go with that. I, I don't believe in Aaron Rodgers this year, but we will see. Um, I mean, at this point, we're really kind of doing a who's who of who cares. Um, <laughs> but you're going to have to – I think I'm going to do it. I'm just going to go with the team that I feel like has the best coach of anyone left. Eh, maybe second best, but um, I'll do the bounce back. Give me the Denver Broncos. Mm. I just I love me some Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. I had them really low on my rankings, and then I realized it. And I'm like, I should push them up, but then I was like, I'm just gonna let James take this team. So okay, so I could I could have waited around. Yeah, they were fifth lowest on my board, but like they shouldn't have been that low. They're gonna be fine. They're gonna be solid. I don't think they're gonna be anything incredible, especially being down two receivers already, which is brutal. But no matter Jerry Judy season. You you talked about hating him. I'm I'm in on Jerry Judy this year. I love. Jerry I, I think by virtue of just no one being alive, he's gonna get like ten targets a game. <laughs> I love Jerry Judy. I loved him in college. It's just like he—he's just disappointed me. He's—he's he's Corey Davis all over again, who also may not make the roster apparently, which is strange. Uh, next up, I'm just going on a team that's solid, and I—I I don't know. It's not that exciting, but like they—they they win games, and uh, honestly, I think he's a better coach than uh, Sean Payton. I'll say it. I'll go Titans. Titans, okay. See, that's what. I was thinking you're maybe going to steal my next pick that I don't love at all, except for the coaching staff. What, what coach left do you think is actually good? Coach, I mean, Dabble's good on the Giants. That's right. Give me the New York football Giants. Yeah. A team I, 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 I'm pretty much just drafting teams I hate just vehemently. I mean, you got Bills, Giants, Jets. Like, this is, this is pain, but I, I just trust Dable. Yeah, I mean, Dabble. they... They won a playoff game last year. That was the last playoff team left from last year on this board. So 
I, I can't fault you for the pick. I just think they're going to really fall back to earth this year, but we'll see what happens. And obviously that pick really paid off for me last year. Uh, okay, so we got, just for people keeping track at home, we got Colts, Raiders, Commanders, Bears, Falcons, Panthers, Cardinals, Rams left on the board. I'm going a little against my board here just because it got a little dicey once we got down here. And I'm going to go Falcons. Okay. I feel like I feel like even Arthur Smith with this roster could win eight games reasonably yeah, a, and win the division. I, honestly, where I took Tampa, I think I could have taken Falcons. It's really a 50-50. I just like Tampa more thanks to the residuals of Tom Brady still being there. Yeah. Um, the I, I don't think you can go wrong. So I, at this point... I mean, I know who's the last two picks, no matter what. It's really just who do you leave me with, and and I think I I think everyone in this world knows who you leave me with. But um, I'll go I'll go uh, I'll go Bears. You know why not? They're they're better this year. I I mean it's between like Bears and Commanders for me. Um, they're exciting. I don't think they're gonna win a ton of games, but I think they're gonna have a lot of fun. I think the fans are gonna have something to cheer for this year, and then probably by next year they'll be a, a team to really be reckoned with. Yeah, not to be a dead horse, but like we actually have a competent team around Justin Fields. Like that's worth investing in, right? Like they may not be end up being better, but like, Hey, it's sure a lot better than that FCS team they had around him last year. And he still put up the sats that he did. So who knows? I'm going to take the team that you didn't take. I think it's pretty obvious. I'm going commanders. Sam Howell's been lighting it up in preseason. We'll see if it actually lasts, but it's a solid squad and uh, their defensive lines all healthy right now. So we'll see what happens. (sighs) This is brutal. I think one team stands well above the rest, in my opinion. Truly, truly well above the rest? Yes. I wonder who you're thinking, because to me, this, I mean, this is... Aside from the Cardinals, they're all just kind of shit teams. Yes. Um, I guess between these two... Who actually spent money this offseason? Well, I mean, the Raiders and the Panthers did. But yeah, I don't believe in the. Ra- I think I'm just gonna go Panthers. They, yeah. they went for it. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna grab them. That that was my team here, for sure. I, mean, I, I don't like. I love Jimmy G. Jimmy G wins games. I don't trust the Raiders organization, so it's really tough to, to pick a Raiders team. Yeah, out of all the coaches here, it might be McDaniel's as the worst, <laughs> if we're being real. Um, but who's the, who's the Cardinals coach? Jonathan Gannon. I'm gonna put him at bottom. He's a weirdo, dude. I don't like Gannon. He, like, reminds me of every awkward cell in my body, and then he just exemplifies that 24-7, and I'm like, dude, like, just stop. Like, tell yourself to be a little less awkward and a little bit more human. Dude just comes off as an alien 24-7. All right, uh, I'm going Raiders here. As much as I was just talking shit on him, um, let's go Vegas. I, I, I think I think Jimmy Vegas is clearly <laughs> above the rest of these teams. Yeah. Um. What's crazy is one of these three teams are, is probably just going to miraculously make the playoffs. Like every year, we just have one of those bottom like three teams that ends up making it somehow. Yeah, it's... of all the possibilities, I guess the Rams to me have the best shot, so I'll probably take them. But I don't feel good about it. I mean, obviously, there's only three teams left to choose. You don't feel great about it, but uh, I, I think that's. I mean, just the best coach left. Yeah, McVay will find a way. He always seems to. Even with that patchwork defensive line, there's only been already been a couple diamonds in the rough coming out of their preseason, but it's going to be bleak for a little bit. Uh, 
down to the Colts and the Cardinals. I get my pick of the two worst teams here. I'm not shocked by any means. This is two of the top picks from this past year. It's not a surprise. It really comes down to who do I feel better about winning games down the stretch next year? Do I feel better about Anthony Richardson handing the ball off to Evan Hull after Jonathan Taylor gets traded three weeks into the season? Or do I feel better about Kyler Murray handing it off to James Conner? I feel way better about Kyler Murray. So I'm going Cardinals here. Even though they're absolute dog, I don't trust a rookie quarterback that's raw and is going to be starting off from week one. Ursay's going to bench him, right? Like, Ursay's going to ruin Anthony Richardson. Let's just shoot his confidence, and they're going to have to do some rehabbing in the offseason. I mean, both those teams are pretty bad. I thought you were going to leave me at the Cardinals just because, to your point, Murray's not coming back till midway through the season. I could see the Colts kind of catching fire. Uh, a lot of the Bears and, and maybe actually sneaking out a few games at the end of the season versus just losing everything. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. The, four, the Fourth Reich will rise, I suppose, uh, there in Indianapolis, and they, they might get three wins. I think, if I'm wrong, excuse me, but don't the Cardinals not have their 2024 NFL draft pick either? So, like, they have no uh, incentive to No, I think they tank. do. I, no, I think they they have the, their pick and the Texans pick. Oh, they they got the Texans pick, not yeah. the other way around. Sorry. No, yeah, bad. the Cardinals have every incentive to be absolute dog water and have just every good pick in this draft. They're they're going to go Caleb Williams into Marvin Harrison Jr. and then light up the league uh, for ten years. Yeah, they're going to sign JJ Watt to be a full time fullback and just run him thirty five times a game. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's our draft. Uh, we'll put it out in a graphic. I'm not going to say all the teams, but just know that it's not going to be as bad as next year. I can I already significantly feel it. better last year. Yeah, I, I I teed up one too many to you, and it wasn't good. I, I showed some restraint on my sleeper picks this year. I, I waited until like the fifth round with the Dolphins, so I feel better about it. Okay, I, I hate that you got as much AFC North as you did. I'd have liked to have gotten the Steelers or the Browns. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. if they all freaking go seven and ten this year, it's going to be tough. I don't even remember which division they're playing in inner division, but hopefully, it's a bad one. Not sure. Well, all right. I think that's it. So go all of my teams, except I want the Patriots to do well for you. And after that, I could care less. Yeah, I got the Lions and the Patriots. I get to root for everybody this year. It's going to be great. <laughs> all right. Honestly, I think you just pick the teams you like, and I just pick the teams I hate. Right? I mean, you got the Chiefs. You got the the Ravens, the Dolphins, the the Lions. Like you'll, you'll have fun cheering for your teams. Yeah, drafting my heart this year. That's the difference. The only team I got the brain. The only team I got that I truly like is like the 49ers. and yeah. then like I and an indifference towards the Packers. So yeah, we'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah, root for your brother's team. That's always a good way to go. I suppose. All right, I think I think we're good there. Have a have a good week, everybody. See you.